0: Welcome to my meeting today, I'm going to discuss today from the, we're going through a series in this recording, we are talking through, talking about the fact that Christ has abolished death, this is going to be a series, in the last broadcast, we started by talking from the book of Genesis chapter 3, how death actually, started. And I want you to note that many of these things we are going to be discussing today, we I already have them in my book that is called Christ as Abolished Death, which I'm going to show you in a moment. Mm-hmm. Here is the book Christ as Abolished Death. And you can get it from Amazon. If you Google Amazon or you send to the radio ministry, you the gospel ministry will be able to send you a copy, but it's all safe on Amazon, Christ as Abolished Death. So the, the message of this hour has to do with this series. It's a series, because you can see it's a big volume. When it comes to Christ's abolition death from the scriptures, we point out in many versions that the Lord Jesus Christ, what he brought to mankind has to do with overcoming sin, overcoming sicknesses, and overcoming death. And that is the full package of our redemption the full package of our redemption and i'm going to go to this second part where we're going to really discuss or present to you after we know how death came into the world and god promised in the, the first sermon we talk about how death came to the world through the sin of adam and eve and how god promised that the messiah will come and destroy the works of the devil and i'm going to point to those bible verses. that was where we stopped in the last podcast in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, and you have to have an open heart, let your mind be open to be able to understand these things. Because the old man race have been shown to the fact that death is almost a mandatory, but God didn't say it's a mandatory, He have put the, the blame upon Adam, that's correct, but it's not mandatory that everybody have to go through this. Why? Because He has given us examples in the Bible. Enoch, according to the scriptures, Enoch walked with God and he pleased God that he did not see this. After Adam sinned, and the children of Adam started coming closer and closer to God, in the book of uh, Genesis, let me first show to you, in the book of Genesis chapter 4, after Adam had his son, Seth, and then Seth, half children, people are now popular the Bible says in Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, to make us to know that God started revealing to the sons of Adam, that what Adam lost in the garden is reclaimable. We can reclaim it back from God if we will walk with God. God must have been revealing it to them. Look at it in the book of Revelation, Genesis chapter 4. Verse 26 said, And to Seth, that is the son of Adam, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. And now listen to this last phrase. Then. Began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, don't think of it as if it's just two people in in us. He's talking about that generation. At that generation, after you know, many more children are born, many more children are born, many more children are born. Then began men, not just two men, men. The generation they began to call upon the name of the Lord. Why? Because God was revealing to them that they can claim what Adam lost, they can come back to God and begin to walk with God and it's claimable. You can claim Him, just like we are claiming our faith, faith for healing. If you walk with God, you can overcome sick, sin, sickness and death. Jesus Christ has brought it closer to us. He has redeemed us from sin and He has made it that if you follow Him, He said that these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, devils cause diseases. He said, in my name they shall lay hands upon the sick, and the sick shall recover. So God intended that this power over sicknesses and diseases is given to us, believers in Christ. So when we begin to follow the Lord, we can begin to exercise or enjoy these benefits. That is why men began to call upon the name of the Lord in the days of, in the generation of Seth. That's why I just pointed out one to you, that that is what God started revealing. So from that time... Till the day of Enoch, in chapter five, you see the generation, and one of them, they were all trying to seek the face of the Lord, to move closer to the Lord. And then, the book, the Bible said in the Genesis chapter five, verse twenty-one, when it came to Enoch, well, verse nineteen it says, Jared lived after he begat Enoch eight hundred years and begat sons and daughters. All the days of Jared were nine hundred and sixty and two years, and he died. They were seeking the Lord, but they were dying because they never get to that mark. There was a mark. It's almost like when people are running race, God showed to them that if you run this race, if you get to this mark, I will take you away without seeing that. So many of them were running the race, but see, they of you we'll get to that mark until... Verse 21 says, and Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah, and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah, 300 years, and he begat sons and daughters. Now, I want you to know that Enoch was not the only one that was working with God. Like I said in Genesis chapter 4, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. See, as many of us are going to fellowship, just like now, many people are going to church, you can see this man is on fire for the Lord, while this one is a little bit lukewarm. So those who are on fire, they will get more reward from the Lord. And that is what you see, Enoch just become somebody that stands out of the crowd. And that is what God is calling you and I to stand out of the crowd of the believers. When you begin to fast more, pray more, sing praise to the Lord more, you are distinguishing yourself from the rest of the believers. And then you are going to get a better reward than the rest of the believers also. That was what happened to Enoch. And God is calling us in this end time to be like that, to emulate all these examples. Enoch walked with God and he said, for three hundred years and begat sons and daughters." So all of the sons and daughters were being shown how to walk with the Lord. Verse 23 says, And all the days of Enoch were three hundred and sixty-five years. Three sixty-five, all the other elders before him lived to nine hundred or something. But he was three sixty-five years. And the Bible says, verse 24, And Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. That means he, he crossed that mark where God said, If you come to this point, in running the race, in running the race after God, and you come to you cross that mark, I uh, will take you away without seeing physical death. And Enoch was able to get to that mark, and that is what we are saying that God didn't intend man to die physically. God planned for man to live forever in this glorified body, really, because this is not the body that He gave to man in the original state. This body was supposed to be covered by a light, and they lost that light when up sinned. But God was showing it to them, if you can come close to me, I can return you back. And Enoch was the first one, the only one in that generation that crossed that mark. And God said, if you cross this mark, I'll take you away without seeing that Enoch was the one. And that was an example, and you have another example in the book of uh, the Kings, where Elijah, the prophet also, was taken away without seeing physical death. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ has come to bring it closer to mankind. Why? Because it's not just for one prophet and another prophet in thousands of years. God planned it for the sons of men. And for He to bring it to many more men, many more people, a generation of people, He has brought the Messiah. And that is what you see here in Hebrews chapter 2. In Hebrew chapter 2, let me read from verse 9 for you. And this is where we stopped in the last broadcast. I was reading Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, and for verse 14. I was rushing through it. But this time we're going to go through it step by step. Look at it in Hebrew chapter 2. If you want to learn, you have to take your Bible and read this thing by yourself and get convinced that yes, God planned for mankind to be rest- restored back to that immortality. And that is what Jesus Christ came to restore us back to immortality. Look at it in Hebrew chapter 2. Here is verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the sovereign of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Verse said, For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory. You remember that? Many sons. God wanted many sons, not just one son. The Lord Jesus Christ was the Son of God. But now He wants to bring many more sons by adoption through Jesus Christ. And look at that, He said that many sons, be bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. So the Lord Jesus Christ came and through His blood on the cross He redeemed us. The Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, Being made a cause for us, that is the cause that was put upon mankind in the law of Moses. That anyone that is not fulfilling all this law, that's not obeying all these laws, it is caused into sickness and disease and ultimate death. Christ came to remove that cause from us. By dying on the cross, he said, cause anyone, everyone, everyone that angered upon the tree is crossed. So Christ took away the cause for us so that we don't have to carry that cross. He tasted death for my what the Bible said. Eh? And look at this again in verse 14 of that book. Of Hebrew chapter two verse fourteen. Remember verse nine said Christ tasted death for every man. Here is verse fourteen. He said, For as much then as the children as we human beings are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That he took up part of flesh and blood like us. That through death, through his own death, he might destroy him that has the power of death, that is the devil and deliver them, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So what the scripture is telling us is, Christ came, put on a human being, in human form, and faced death. That death has been killing mankind. He went and faced death wherever death takes the soul of men to, and then he whipped them over there. He's someone like a captain, a champion for mankind. Think of all that is going on in the world. Let's say there are some bandits, and the police couldn't do anything against these bandits. The bandits are attacking some villagers and taking them hostage, taking them captives, or sometimes killing them. And somebody wants to be a champion for these villagers. What do you have to do? You have to go face those bandits, not so. And that is what the Lord Jesus came to do for us. Part of what he came to do was to go and face those bandits. The bandits are the Satanic spirits that are killing mankind. It is not God that is killing man, it is Satan. That's why he says it is the devil that has the power of death. You see that in chapter two, I just read verse fourteen. He says he went to destroy him that has the power of death. That is the devil. So the Bible is not missing words. The Satan, the devil, is the one that is killing human beings. And when he kills them, he take their soul to hell. And if they are righteous, the angels take them and take them to paradise, waiting for the resurrection in the end. You see. But this devil that has been taking mankind and taking them to hell is the one that has been king in hell. So Christ now has to go and face them. Not only on earth, because he came on earth and he was casting out the woods. Casting out the woods. Now he has to go to where their headquarters is, which is hell. And that was why he, had, he said, I, lay, I have power to lay down my life and I have power to take it up again." So he went and allowed himself to be killed. So he took his soul and then he went with them to hell. The Bible says he went and visited hell. For that three days, then he took them captive. I'm telling you this because I have experienced that demonic forces that took my soul and trying to take me away many times, many years ago. And when anybody is they died, in, they died and they take it, so the fellow, so be can't, we can't even, you have no power against them to to strike to to, to resist them. They were I've given that testimony in some of my sermons. I found myself upon my bed; I, I must have died. And these air spirits took hold of me and they were taking me away. And they were just dragging me. I was like a weak. I was, they were just about my size. I was looking like a little boy too, but they look like boys too. And they were dragging me away. I couldn't even resist them. That was how women become weak when they are dead. When they got to a gate, heavy gate, and the, well, they wanted to drag me through that gate, and the voice spoke to me and said, Don't go in there. And I know that was the voice of God. That voice, give me some strength. And I pulled myself back from that gate and from their hand. And then I was catapulted to another prison yard. That was what happens when people die. Then when they get into that gate, they cannot come back. But Jesus Christ allowed himself to be taken there. Just like I said I was weak. He became strong and he whipped them and he fought against all of them because he is God from heaven. The Almighty God's power was in him. And the fullness of the Godhead was in Him. The Bible said, He received the Spirit without measure. That is, the Holy Ghost full, seven Spirits of God was inside Him. Inside the Spirit. Inside the Spirit and so that they are taken to, towards Him. And then when God got there, He showed whom He was. And He beat all of them down and they all have to bow down because if you are able to strongly fight them, they will surrender. So He beat them, the Bible said He led captivity captive. The Bible said He made a show of them openly triumphing over them in his death and resurrection. That's why he said, I have the power to, to, to take my life, to, to, to come back alive. He said, I have the power to lay down my life and I have the power to take it up again. So that was exactly what he did. And now he said, he has the keys of hell and of death. Let me read that to you in the book of uh, Revelation, chapter 1. So the Lord Jesus Christ became uh, he, 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 the champion for mankind. Because mankind had been defeated over, over and over again by satanic forces that have been taking them in death, physical death, to hell, and to paraphrase, and their body being rotten in the grave. And Christ came to deliver us. And here is what he said in the book of Revelation, when he re- showed himself after the resurrection, he showed himself to Apostle John, in the book of Revelation chapter 1, here he said, Fear not, verse 17, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. You remember that? He, lie, he lived and he died. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Why? Because he resurrected. And so he, now have the key, he have the keys of hell and of death. So he has the keys of hell and death. At least, wherever they have been locked up, he took the key and said he's now the authority. Whatever he says goes. Satan can't just kill anybody on this planet. He has to first get permission. He has to get permission from heaven. From the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the King of kings now and the Lord of lords he has taken the keys of heaven and of death that is what the bible is telling us here so when he resurrected he is now the authority is the Lord that's why he said oh power in heaven and earth is given unto me and that authority that he has in heaven and earth is now given to with the body of Christ that we go in that confidence in that boldness with his authority and do things or not and command whatever we want to command whatever we command on that you'll be ratifying it in heaven but we have to believe it because people are afraid to do those things. They are still afraid of the devil. When the devil is to be under our feet. Remember that. Now what we are trying to point out. Is the fact that Christ actually has abolished death. For mankind. But it is not automatic. It is going to be by faith. Believing. And walking with him. Like he not walk with God. Like God go revealed to the sons of Adam. And said you can reclaim what Adam lost. And then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Like we pointed out in the book of Genesis chapter 4 verse 26 and in that generation they were all pursuing the Lord But one man Enoch he happens to be our predecessor you have to remember we all came through Enoch because Enoch was the father of Methuselah who was the father of Lamech who was the father of Noah and we, we all managed now came through Noah see remember that so he was our pre-pre-pre ancestor so if you are going to live and never die. You are emulating somebody that is your great grandfather. So it's not like this is strange. It's not strange. It's just what God has ordained. Because even when Adam was not expected to die, but because of the sin and the disobedience, he had to go through that grave. And many of them will have to go through. The grave, but I'm spent pointing out from the scriptures that it is not mandatory. Christ has said another thing. Christ said when he was on earth, and he's trying to make it to point out again is that in the book of John chapter eleven when Jesus Christ came to raise up Lazarus he told the sister of Lazarus two things because this sister of Lazarus called Martha and Mary they believe in resurrection they were Pharisees Pharisees believe in resurrection that there will be a resurrection at the end of the world but Jesus Christ when he came to to raise up Lazarus now raising up the dead is not resurrection that is raising the dead even if their body is still intact, as long as their body is still intact, their physical body is still intact and we call their spirit back to life, that is not the resurrection. Because in the resurrection they are going to get an immortal body that will never die. That is the difference. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ, when he resurrected, that was resurrection, he got an immortal body that will not be hot anymore. That's why the body that he took out of the grave, he made it immortal, even though you can still see the mark on his hand. But now he's made it he make it immortal so that you can transfer, transfer from physical particle to light waves and come back to particle. That's why you can enter the room without opening the door. And that was what he started demonstrating. That is the immortal power he's going to give to us in the end. For every believer. Even those who are dead, that their bone, their body has rotted in the grave, is going to give them a new body that will be immortal when they are resurrected. Remember that. And we that are alive and during the time of the rapture, that will not go through the grave, it's going to change your body to immortality. That is also part of the promise of God that he has promised in the scriptures. And we are pointing all of this out to make you to see the difference between resurrection and raising the dead. Because when Lazarus was raised by the Lord Jesus Christ, maybe 50 years later, he died again. Not so. But Jesus Christ resurrected and never died anymore. And anyone that is resurrecting in the end will never die anymore. How they going to keep them alive? Jesus Christ in us is going to keep us alive. That's why He said He is alive. and this is what He said in the book of John chapter eleven, verse twenty-five. There, in the story: Martha was telling Jesus Christ, say, well, if you have been here, my brother won't have died in the first place." And He said, "Oh, your brother will rise again. He said, I believe that in the resurrection on the last day, everybody will, ra- will be raised up." And Jesus Christ was trying to make him, to, make her to see that. What he was talking about is much more than the one or the last day. Verse 25. Jesus said unto him, I am the resurrection and the life. Two things. The resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Think about that. That, that first statement is confirming resurrection. That is... If they believe in logical, even if they were dead, they shall live. It's going to bring everybody back at the last day, as promised that in the book of John, chapter 5. I will raise them up at the last day as the resurrection. But he went further in verse 26 and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believe it thou this now. That statement, believe it thou this, that he put at the end of that verse, make us to see that he is putting that. For anyone that can take hold of that as a faith activation, you have to walk with him by faith, like not work with God to be able to claim that promise, even if the rapture is not now. That's what I'm pointing out. This one is a believe it is that if you leave it and you believe in him, you shall never die if you can believe it. If you can believe it, that's why he asked that woman, believe it thou hast. Why do you think she was, ah, he was asking Martha? Do you believe about this? Because believe, Martha has already said, I believe in the resurrection. God that's what Martha was in verse 24. I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at Elastic. Martha has already confessed that she believed in the resurrection. But Jesus Christ was saying, Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believe it about this. He's asking about something else, that is, the faith that can live and never die physically, even now. Is what asking Martha that, can you believe that? And Martha couldn't understand it. Of course, she said, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. That is not what Jesus Christ asked her. She was just saying, well, whatever you say is what she said. She didn't understand that message, but she said, well, I believe you are the Messiah. That's all she confessed. Many people believe Jesus Christ is the Lord. Just like you, Just listen to me. You believe Jesus Christ is the Lord, not so. But you are still sick. So you have to believe that He has healed your body, not that He will, not that He can He has already healed your body. Because the Bible said by Israel, we were healed past tense. So now, that's now faith. Yes, your faith. You have to begin to exercise your faith. That's what Jesus Christ was saying. It is level of faith upon level of faith upon level of faith upon level of faith. You have to grow from glory unto glory. Unto the image of the Son of God. That is the promise. That is what God is living it to. It's not making it automatic for everybody. The one that is automatic is that if you believe. And you are in Christ Jesus. At the resurrection of the last day. Christ will raise all the dead in Christ. So he promised that in the book of Genesis. John chapter 5. That all that the Father gives to me. I will not lose one of them. but I will raise them up at the last day. Raising them up at the last day. He has promised for every believer. And we know that in the book of. Revelation chapter twenty, he promised that the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ will be resurrected for they will live with Christ for one thousand years. Also, you see that in the book of uh, letters of Apostle Paul, where he says in the Thessalonians that we that are alive will not disturb those that are dead. The dead in Christ shall rise first. That's what Christ promised. But this one is talking about to matter here is the same faith. he's saying anyone that believes him, you can live and above death even now if you believe it and that is what i'm preaching that is the faith that he told me to be preaching and i'm believing god for it and you have to believe god for it. you have to walk with him the same way because his faith walked with god like enoch walked with god and was not for god to him let's point again to john chapter 8 verse 51 where the lord first mentioned this authority of His when he was talking to the jews Debating with him and I'm going to continue this in the next broadcast because this is deep and I want you to understand it because this is the message of the end hour. God bless you. This is brother Julius Adewumi. I just wanted to add some of these signs of the end that is currently occurring so that you may know that the end is near as we are talking about. You can look around you, you see the Boko Haram that is plaguing Northern Nigeria. You see the ISIS coming from Saudi Arabia and plaguing the, the Middle East. So all these are signs of the end. They are part of the signs of the end that we are talking about. Not to talk of the plagues that are coming upon the world. That the Bible has said in the book of Revelation, it will begin to take place. And all of those things, they are going to be challenging and testing and trying the faith of the believers. So if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, begin to look up and ready to stand and confess Christ to the end. But if you are not a believer, you should begin to be afraid. You better run to Jesus because He is the only Savior. Jesus Christ is the one that is going to save anyone that is going to escape from the wrath to come. Everything, somebody asked me from listening to my radio broadcast and said, all this plague of the viruses that are plaguing the world right now, the, the latest one, the coronavirus, that seems to be a pandemic, they call it an epidemic, could that be some of the signs of the of the of the, virus of the wrath of God? And my response to him is that when you look at the book of Revelation chapter 16, the virus of the wrath of God is not what we are seeing yet. All of these ones are still the work of the devil plaguing the world because there will be so many evil things that the devil will be using to kill mankind. However, it's not the wrath of God yet. The wrath of God is to judge both the devil and the antichrist system, which is the world ruler at the end of time. But the the sins of God will not be in the wrath of God, which is the book of Revelation, chapter 16, when all water will turn to blood and things like that will happen. But so far, these plagues and pestilences, they are still the work of the devil. But we believers, you've got to stand, confess Jesus to the end, Don't be afraid of the devil. And even if you die for Jesus because you are confessing Christ and you are standing firm for Jesus, either because of the jihadists or the persecution, when you stand for Jesus, even if you die, you shall be resurrected very soon because Christ will come and resurrect you soon. But we believers, look up, is what Jesus Christ said, for your redemption right now. How do you look up? Begin to be righteous. Begin to stand for Jesus. Begin to live for him. And confess Jesus to the end. Confess the word of God to the end. Because he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. That's what Jesus Christ said. God bless you. And I'm going to pray for any of you that are having some troubles. You are going through. Jesus Christ said, if we ask anything in His name, He will do it. So I'm going to pray for you. If you have sickness in your body right now, lay your hand upon your the part of your body that is hurting. Or that is having any sickness. And as I command right now in the name of Jesus Christ, your body will be well. Father, I pray for all the people that are listening to me right now in the radio land. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I command the spirits of sickness and disease to come out of them and enter them no more in the name of Jesus Christ. I say so. All you spirits of sickness and disease that are causing pains or affliction or sickness of what kind. Come out of this world. and listen to me. And enter them no more in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is it friend. You are healed. Believe it. Say it to your mouth. Say I am healed. Say I receive my healing right now. Say it again. I receive my healing right now in Jesus name. And begin to thank God. Just lift up your hand and thank Lord right now. Say Father I thank you for healing me. Thank you Jesus Christ for healing me. Say thank you Jesus Christ for healing me. Say it again. Thank you Jesus Christ for healing me. By His life we were healed. By the sacrifice of Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. You were healed. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have any question. Please call. 080-334-36944. That is 080-334-36944. You can also call. Our number 80 080- three three eight six nine eight one two that is zero eight zero three three eight six nine eight one two. Any of those phone call somebody will answer your call and they will play along with you. Again the two numbers are zero eight zero three three eight six nine eight one two zero eight zero three three eight six nine eight one two or you may call zero eight zero three three four three six nine four four. 080 Somebody will be answering your call. God bless you.